Luke chapter 4. Go to Luke chapter 4. Last night, you know, the Holy Spirit, he's, he's fun. He's fun. Um, on the way home, got to praying about tonight. And I don't usually pray a long time ahead before service because I don't want to carry it around for days and days and days. But I said, Lord, what do you want to do tomorrow night? And he gave me this word, use it or lose it. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about why they operate, why they don't. What happened in the Pentecostal church, what happened here, and where we're going. And we're going to see a greater use of the, whole, of the gifts of the Holy Ghost than we've ever seen. They've already begun, but I want to tell you a couple of stories. Anyway, Luke chapter 1, um, verse 1. So let me start off by making a statement to you about the body. The Bible is very plain that a Christian is anybody who believes Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. Y'all believe that? That means that there are Baptists who are born again, and there's even a couple of Nazarenes. <laughs> a few. And a few Catholics and a few. So in other words, the body of Christ is bigger than the Pentecostal or the Charismatic movement. Y'all do know that. We in this church emphasize the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I say this for denominational people, a, because, because a lot of times people will call us Pentecostal. We're really not Pentecostal um, in the strictest sense. Church history, Pentecostals came out of the Methodist church. The Methodists were the original holiness movement. Now, under John Wesley, John Wesley preached holiness. As a matter of fact, he didn't get born again until he was over 50. Yet he grew up in church. He was trying to receive salvation by being good. And it wasn't until he met the Moravians on the boat coming to um, Georgia that uh, he met people who were actually saved by grace through faith under Luther, Martin Luther. And the Moravians uh, learned about grace under Luther in Germany. And so because of that, John Wesley, though he came here as a preacher, and he had been a preacher, ordained uh, Episcopalian preacher for years, he was not a Christian. His faith was not in Jesus. And so when he got back to, to home, he went down into Germany and he, and he went among the Moravians and received Jesus and got saved by grace. Now, because of that, John Wesley uh, combined salvation plus living right. And he created a thing called a method. And that would became a Methodist. Methodists were original holiness. So when you hear Pentecostal holiness... They were originally tongue-talking Methodist. And everyone else, then I'm referring to Baptist and everyone else, were, were more Calvinistic in their doctrines 
And so, whereas the Methodists were more Armenian in their doctrine, and uh, Armenian and and Calvin both went to the Bible, same Bible school, and both came out with two complete different doctrines. And for in the 1500s, that was the two dividing lines in all Christianity. Now, the problem with Calvinism is this. Extreme Calvinism says that, that God controls everything, even who gets saved. That is totally wrong. And that's where you get people like, um, um, I'm trying to think of his name, not, not Wesley, but um, Finney, Charles Finney. The Presbyterians, whether you know it or not, in early America believed in predestination. You came to church and God saved you if it was his will. So Finney came to church wanting to hang around Christians to help his lawyer business. That's the only reason he came to church. He just wanted to to be known as a Christian lawyer so people would use him as a lawyer. But upon hearing the man preach that it is not God, God picks and chooses who gets saved, he got a Bible out and said, if that's true, then God is an unjust God. And he got a Bible out and studied it as a lawyer to prove God wrong. And ended up getting born again and filled with the Holy Ghost in the process. And so Finney went from lawyer to preacher. Boy, y'all are learning something tonight, aren't you? So a lot of your church history, you don't realize this, there's been quite the war going on on how people are born again. Now, we know Martin Luther was a Catholic who, who found out that the just live by are saved by grace through faith, not of themselves, just live by faith. And he nailed his 95 thesis on the Catholic door on, on, on Halloween night to prove that you're not saved by, by indulgences, which the Catholic church was selling salvation um, at that time, which was completely wrong. And um, well, we could get into that and people, you know, it's funny how people get stuck on their denomination and you don't even know what they believe. You say, I'm a this, and you don't even know what it is, you know. So, so, soul. Um, then in America, we have uh, revivals going on. So, um, I think it was Whitworth um, got born again, same time Wesley did. And they started, he started coming over here to America preaching, and he, he preached the great awakening, which was salvation by grace. And, of course, he got born again later in life also. And that started the revivals in America that started our Constitution that got us where we are today. So, so you know, our forefathers decided not to allow the government to be the head of religion. So the church was prominent in America. Have you all ever heard the story of the, the song, um, I think it's... Um, What's the one about, it's a Christmas song about, ask Parson Brown, Parson Brown. You remember Parson Brown. What is, who's Parson Brown? What, is, what does that mean, Parson? A Parson was referred to the person. Now, all government business went on in the church. If you wanted to know what was going on in the world, the community gathered in the church building on Sunday morning to find out what was going on in the world and the government 
And the preacher preached on what the Bible had to say about it. Are y'all getting an education? Am I helping y'all a little bit? I'm going somewhere. But I need to give you a little, I need to lay a little road first. So when you hear songs like, well, we'll just get Parson Brown, because the pastor was the most educated man in the community, and then he probably the only one that could read and write, and so people got their news from church. So our Constitution was written by pastors in pulpits and delivered to Washington on how to create a government of the people, by the people, for the people, where the people run the government and not the government. Bo, have we backslid? All right. <laughs> so, so up, up until the last hundred years, you know, we've had Baptists and Methodists and Episcopalians. Then something happened called the charismatic renewal. Uh, what's a charismatic renewal? Well, the Pentecostals were legalists. Now, the reason we're not Pentecostals is because our women wear makeup. <laughs> and they wear pants and everything else. And, and uh, Tom Copeland and I were talking today about a, a, a pastor in Hawaii that had a church of God up in the mountains where the hippies were coming in their bikinis to church. And the head of the church of God got all mad about it because they certainly didn't look like church of God people. So anyway, that, that's, that's a side note. This is fun, isn't it? Okay. So Dennis Bennett, which was, a, which was an Episcopalian priest, back in the 70s, got filled with the Holy Ghost, Episcopalian. And other denominational people began to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, what happened was is that the people in those churches weren't Pentecostal, even though now they speak in tongues like the Pentecostals do. The Pentecostal church came out of Azusa Street and spread through America in Church of God, Assemblies of God, and Foursquare. So those were Pentecostal denominations. And, you know, those were the women who pull the hair up on the head and suck all the wrinkles out of their face and wear gray dresses and, and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of hoping y'all are getting all this. So, so what happened in America is that there's a thing called the charismatic. God told Kenneth e. Hagin, get out of your church and go to neutral locations. I'm visiting hungry hearts everywhere. And he got, he got chastened by men in his denomination for going out of the assemblies of God and preaching to non-assemblies. So if you've ever wondered why Brother Hagin no longer is AG, the same reason Paul Young Cho has been kicked out three or four times his own self. See, the problem with churches is they, they stop fellowshipping and they become denominations and then men start a- attaching more rules and God always has to come out of it. So charismatic churches start, which is what this is. Now, what does the word charismatic mean? It is the Greek word charisma, and it means gift. What that means is that you're supposed to believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and we do. Now, I said all of that for this simple reason. We have people in here who come here, and they they do not speak in tongues. They're just as Christian and born again as you are. Now, 
They're powerless, but they don't know it. They're ignorant and don't know it because they don't see a need for a gift when they're not interested in the lost anyway. Because God's running the whole, you know, God has it all. You know, God's running it. You know, God's got it. And that, that, that belief system is wrong. If you don't win them the Lord, they're going to hell. He's not saving them. You are. The church is responsible for the lost. Thank y'all. Now, that's a revelation to people because they, if I'm a Christian, I love the Lord, I'm going to heaven. Well, that's good, but it's selfish. You got saved and shouldn't someone else get saved? So you understand that the, the American church fishes out of its own bathtub. That means the people that are coming forward and getting born again are almost all the people there's kids. But reaching out in the community is going to take a lot more. What, what are you going to do when people get sick? Well, and if they come to a denominational church, you send them to the doctor. If they're crazy, you send them to a psychiatrist. If they come in here, we cast the devil out of them. <laughs> and so you understand there is a division today, but it doesn't mean that when you get to heaven, there's a sign that goes Baptist this way, Nazarene this way. And see, the reason for that, I think there is a sign there for Nazarenes because it's going to take you a year to get used to all the noise. <laughs> no, I'm teasing her. I'm, I got to pick on, I got to pick on her. Anybody else here that... Anyway, and I was saying, never mind, I was going to do something, but Lisa gets mad at me every time I do it. So, no, don't, no, you don't want me to. So, but we have a man that came here about, oh, Lord, I guess about three years ago, and great Catholic, loved the Lord. No, he didn't love the Lord, didn't he know the Lord? And, and he's been in church all his life, and he walks in, to our church, and he got, he's in a class back there, and he got born again filled with the Holy Ghost. And he'd been in church every Sunday since he was a boy and never heard the message of salvation, and yet he grew up in a Catholic church. They, and, and, and when we went to the Catholic church, Kenny remembers this, and I was the speaker in the Catholic church one night. I don't know how many of y'all remember that. Remember that, Kenny? Everybody in our church carried Bibles in, and they wanted to know if we were all preachers. And Kenny looked and said, yes, we are all preachers. And um, so, it's, so it, it's funny, it's fun, and, and I make jokes. I make jokes with denominational preachers, so don't get mad at me. But I looked at him, and I said, um, I looked at a priest one day, and I said, what's it feel like knowing you're going to be in heaven before me? And he said, why would you say that? I said, well, the Bible says dead in Christ go first. <laughs> and he just looked at me, didn't answer me, and I don't know if he got my joke. I mean, I just, and I know he's a Christian. I know he's good. I don't, but, but I, I've learned since then not to pick on people. <laughs> okay, you're right, I have it. But it is fun. It, it is fun, it is fun. So, so I want to talk tonight about the gifts of the Spirit and why we don't see more of them in a church who believes in them. And what do we need to do 
to cause that, and why would we want it anyway? Why would we even want the gifts of the Spirit? How many of y'all remember Sunday morning, and I think it was tongues interpretation? Wasn't that a beautiful word from God? Wasn't that beautiful? I told Lisa, I said, we need to get it transcribed to get it out because it was such a precious word. You know, the Spirit of God is God. And I think that we need to remember that, that we, you know, you can't have this mindset where y'all believe in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, yeah, he's God. And, and Holy Spirit is the head of the church. And you need to ask yourself questions. Why is he not the head of every church? I don't, I personally don't believe it's okay to have God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Ghost, please stay outside. I, I don't believe that. I believe that we need to ask him, come in and do whatever you want to do. And I do and we do in this church. But there are reasons he shows up and there's reasons he does not. Even in charismatic churches. Even in Pentecostal churches. How many of y'all grew up in a Pentecostal church? We got one, two, that's it? Okay. My sister Robin's husband, Johnny's dad, is Church of God preacher. And when I was a boy, I would go, Robin would take me to Johnny's parents' church. That's the first time I ever saw anybody rolling the floor. I wasn't a Christian, but I, I would get out of their way and let them roll. And they rolled. They would fall out and roll. And they'd fall down and roll and all kind of roll. And they'd speak in tongues and shake like, like and, and of course, I, I don't know any better, but I just got out of their way. So I got to tell you all a story now. I got to tell you a funny story. Because when the Holy Ghost gets on you, you might roll. So I was preaching on Orange Blossom Trail one night, and a bunch of us had gone down, and it was not a Pentecostal charismatic meeting. It was a denominational meeting on the street. And they asked me, not knowing anything about me, if I wanted to preach. And I said, yes. So I'm on the street on Orange Blossom Trail, and around me are drug dealers and prostitutes. Well, a prostitute came forward on the street when I'm preaching and got born again, gave her heart to Jesus. And so when she did, I laid hands on her. She got filled with the Holy Ghost, and she fell out in the power. Well, the people I was with did not know what that was. And they tried to help her. And she rolled away. <laughs> she, she did. She rolled up the street and down the street and up the street and down the street. Come on, y'all. And, and, and they're trying to catch her. To help her up off the asphalt. But all of the demons are coming out of her as she's rolling. I knew, I looked down and I said, just leave her alone, that's God. And they said, well, she needs help. And they, I just saw all these people chasing this, this little prostitute up the road and down the road. And I just backed away and left them alone until the girl got up free as a, happy as a dog with a T-bone steak, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and all the devil's gone out of her. But I didn't say anything to them. I didn't want to go, well, this is why we call them, roll, this is rolling. So, um, you know, when the Holy Ghost hits you, you understand your body is liable to react to the power of God. That happened with Jesus. It, very often it was said that they would fall as dead. 
And then people come to our church and say, why do y'all fall out in the power? Well, they fell out in the power with Jesus. So I'm going to show you some stuff about the Holy Spirit. Are y'all ready? How many of you want a lot more of the gifts of the Holy Ghost operating in your life? Amen. So we're going to talk about that tonight. Luke, now, now, now I can read my scripture. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, let's stop right there and qualify a statement. Denominational people say that Jesus did miracles to prove he's the Son of God. That is 100% wrong. You have no scripture to validate that statement. Jesus was God in the flesh from the time he was a boy. There was, but yet he left his deity, 100% of it, and came as a man. And, and Philippians talks about that Jesus left his deity behind. Why did he do that? He, listen, he had to. Jesus could not defeat the devil as God. He had to defeat Satan as a man. But you couldn't use the lineage of Adam because the lineage of Adam has already been tainted. They were already all in sin. So you had to have a man born of God, but though not God. So, the, so when we use the name Jesus, you need to understand the name Jesus is his humanity. And yet people say, well, you know, he, he was God. Well, hold on a minute. Can God be tempted? No. Was Jesus? Yes. Well, that'll blow your denominational mind or head right off your shoulders. So Jesus never did anything because he was God. Then how did he do it? Acts 10, 38. How God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good and healing all the world oppressed of the devil. So it wasn't until he turned 30 and he went and, and, and he was baptized by John, the Jordan River, and it says the Spirit of God came on Jesus and God the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil where he was tempted, tested, and tried. And it says he went in full of the Holy Ghost and came out in the power of the Spirit. Now he never walked in the power of the Spirit until after he was filled with the Holy Ghost. So now listen to me. It is the Holy Ghost on Jesus doing the works. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How many Holy Ghost are there? Wow, y'all are good. So you say you have the Holy Ghost and then you say Jesus cast out devils, and then you say you can't. Well, he didn't Jesus doing it anyway. He never did anything except what the Father told him to do by the Holy Ghost. And then he told you, don't leave Jerusalem until you're filled with power, not the new birth. They were born again. See, John was born again when he went in the tomb and he said he saw and believed. And then he turned to Andrew and says, you, you believe because you've seen me. Others have not. So we know Andrew's believer. We know that Thomas is a believer. We know Mary's a believer. And then in John 20, he breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And Pentecost ain't any, anywhere nearby. So Pentecost is not the first day of the church, lie number two. It's not true. Now, why do non-denominational people teach that? So they can avoid the baptism of the Holy Ghost with heaven and speaking in tongues and having the Holy Spirit come into their church and mess up their programming. They won't be out by 12. I'm picking on. I mean, 
honest to God, I don't really know why pre- preachers don't. Because I, you see, I, wasn't, I, I was raised in a Baptist church, but I'm a CEO Christian. So I don't really call myself a Baptist because I only went Christmas and Easter. And you shouldn't either. But I did, so I learned John 3, 16, and, my, and so we were branded as Baptists, and, and my mother put me in training union, training union, I think. What's that, summer, what's that thing when they do school? Vacation Bible school. Vacation Bible school. So I got to tell y'all something about Vacation Bible School. This, I'm in the Baptist church, Vacation Bible School, and I don't know if y'all ever been to Baptist church. I mean, it's an intimidating place. It's wooden pews, and so anyway, I'm up in the choir loft in the, in the number one First Baptist Athens. And my grandfather was a member there because all of the professors at the University of Georgia all went to the First Baptist. The mayor, city council members were Baptist. And I'm up in the choir loft, vacation Bible school, and I'm supposed to tell everybody why I liked Vacation Bible School. I, they picked me to say something. Now, y'all had, I, I remember it like it's yesterday, y'all. I remember it. And so if y'all have ever seen the way kids act, Susie, what did you like about Vacation Bible School? That's wonderful. And everybody claps. They handed me a mic. I said, this is why I like vacation Bible school. And everybody went, ha, he's a preacher. And I went, oh, no, I'm not. And all the way out, every old woman followed me out and called me a preacher. And I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I'm not a preacher. That was the, that's the first person that ever prophesied over me that I would be a preacher when I grew up. <laughs> so that's my, that's my denominational uh, that's what I know about denomination. Now, when I got born again, you understand, my mother drugged me to a crusade that I didn't want to go to, but it was penny beer night. And I'm going to underground because I have pennies because of poker. And we played penny poker and I was the best poker cheater in my neighborhood. And I had a jar full of pennies so I could afford penny beer night. I know y'all don't appreciate that, but Kenny understands it. Kenny wants to know all this. But I never made it to Penny Beer Night because during the crusade, y'all know, I met Jesus and got born again and I got healed by the power of God. Now, now here's, the, here's the problem with that. I'm in a crusade and there's a quartet are singing and I could care less about their quartets. I thought, God, if they sing one more song, I'm leaving. You know, and I'm like, oh, help me, Jesus. So anyway, the preacher gets up and starts preaching. He points at me and the Holy Ghost hit me. And every devil in me left. Shook me like a leaf in the wind. And I ran forward and got born again. Well, you understand, I didn't pick how I got saved. I didn't pick to have all the devils cast out of me in a crusade and the power of God hit me like somebody poured hot molasses all over the top of my head. Well, I went home that night and rolled a joint to celebrate being born again. And the Lord said, you don't need that. Y'all know the story. If not, get my book. And my mother drags me off to a church of Christ. But the pastor 
had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost and gotten the left foot of fellowship from his denomination. And they had a piano. Now, if y'all know anything about Church of Christ, if there's a piano, then he's either backslidden or he's filled with the Spirit. And so his name was Fred Kelly, and he was a big guy with a white beard and white hair, and he looked just like Santa Claus. He had a baritone voice. And he'd stand up on Sunday morning and sing every Sunday morning. And, and I love to hear this man sing, just wonderful voice. Anyway, I, I went in that church, and they laid hands on me, and I spoke in tongues, February of 76. Now, you understand, you know, so i got to back up a minute and explain something to you about Christians. In my, in my apartment complex, we had a bunch of young men going to Bible school. And I, I got to, I hung around with them one day and, and, and they were talking about all these deep subjects. They used words like righteousness and redemption, justification. I had no idea what they were talking about. And I, I was intimidated because I'm standing there and they're using these big words. And I stepped away and I said, Father, what, what are they talking about? And he said, it's not important right now. Just, just follow me. And one of them one day asked me if I'd come to his church. And I said, well, you wouldn't let me in. And he said, yeah, we'll let anybody in. I said, well, you, you wouldn't let me in your church. I'm, I can't come to your church. And he says, well, what did you do? I said, well, I used to smoke dope. And he goes, oh, you can come to our church. I said, I, have a fe- I had a felony against me. He said, you can come to my church. I said, I, uh, you know, I was a jailbird. He said, you can come to my church. I said, I speak in tongues. He said, you, you, you just need to stay home. <laughs> it's on, what I'm telling you, honest to God truth. And... Um, <laughs> I started learning right off the bat that a lot of people thought, now that back when I, would, when, I, when I got born again, on television, people were preaching that Pat Robinson was a cult and speaking in tongues was the devil. And so that's, that's where that came from. Well, here I am, newly born again, and the devil and the Holy Spirit or the devil has done more for me than anybody I've ever met, which is, you know, and so th- through that, I learned all about being filled with the Holy Ghost, went off to Ramah, which Brother Hagin started, and, and the Lord told him to come out of, the, of Assemblies of God and take the message of faith into the denomination. So people all over the world would come to his meetings, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopal. So in a church like this right here, what you have is the reason y'all are laughing is that every one of y'all came from some denomination, or you're like me and Teresa, you're just a heathen. Y'all don't know Therese used to be a bartender. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know? She's got to tell you her story. If you want to know why she's such a good counselor, she was a bartender. She's been listening to this stuff for years. Do y'all know what a bar is? It's church. You bring your communion. You bring your tithing offering. You take communion and the bartender serves you there. It's church. Go in a bar one day. It's church. Okay. I hadn't even started yet. Are y'all learning anything? You say not much, but we're having fun. So we see that Jesus stepped into the world and started his ministry after he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to jump down now to Luke 4, um, 14. So turn in your page. And we're going to go to 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Now, I don't have time to do it tonight. 
but there is a definite relation between you walking in, you operating the gifts of the Spirit and fellowshipping with Holy Spirit. Do y'all remember the book Benny Hinn wrote, Good Morning Holy Spirit? Everybody I know that's ever operated in the gifts of the Spirit spends time in the presence of the Spirit of God. Okay, without it, forget it. You're, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a doctrine. So let's back up a minute and explain to you why people, denominational people go through all those scriptures and then argue with you. Don't ask me about New York City. I've never been there. And I'm not going to ask you about the Holy Spirit because you ain't never been there either. Quit telling people what the Bible means when you've never been visit, you've never even been in that town. You can't understand the scriptures on the Holy Spirit if you ain't never spoken tongues. Don't tell people about marriage if you ain't never been married. And don't tell people how to raise kids if you've never had kids. That's the reason why people mess it all up because they don't, they don't, they don't have any idea what it is. I do want a real New York pizza. But I, but I don't know if I want to tr- go there unless I can carry a gun. Paul's looking at me going, never mind. I see movies. I see the muggings. Okay. And, and, and what they call grass and trees, that's like a park. What are y'all trying to make? The countryside move to the country? Huh? Is that the place they have to have the doggies wear their diapers? And... Or I got to tell y'all a story. My neighbor would send his dog into my yard to, and I knocked on his door and I, I said, don't. Don't let your dog do that. He said, oh, I'll pick it up. I said, that's not an option. Don't let your dog use my yard because you're not doing your job well. I found out he was from New York. It's kind of normal for people to let their dog. Never mind. I knew y'all wouldn't know that. It has nothing to do with. Anyway, my neighbor's not talking to me now because I won't let his dog use my yard. Well, if you want a dog to use your yard, let him use your yard. Put a diaper on your dog. <laughs> Never mind. I got to get back to this. My dog goes in people's yards all the time. You better not come in my yard. <laughs> all right. Never mind. Never mind. I'm, I'm, I've already gotten out of the anointing so far now. Y'all are ready to stone me. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit in Galilee, verse 14. And news of him went through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Now, think about this for a minute as we're reading It says that people came from Syria and Judea and Galilee, and they walked. All right, let's put that in perspective. They came from Jacksonville, Tallahassee, and Miami, and they walked. They're not walking to hear someone preach. Something's going on. Now, did Jesus need the gifts of the Spirit. He's God. And he needs the gifts. He couldn't get his job done without them. 
and neither can you. We need to quit pretending like just sharing Jesus with people. When you're sick, they don't want to hear, they need healing. When they're demon possessed, they need freedom. When they're hungry, they need food. When he says, go into all the world and preach the good news and in my name cast out devils, raise the dead and heal the sick, don't put a thing on there that says when Peter died, that ended. That's not true. That's advertisement for the kingdom of God. It's still for today. You ought to be able to go to church and get delivered. You ought, listen, is anybody sick in heaven? Why are you sick here? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why are you sending people to the doctor and a hospital to pay $120,000 and you call that God? Well, listen, first of all, you say that God doesn't heal today. And then if he's one that made you sick, then a doctor is rebellion. The doc, that's the goofiest thing you'll ever hear in your life. Well, you know, we prayed and it wasn't God's will to heal you, so I'm going to go to the doctor. Well, that's rebellion. God made you sick. Then die, dummy. God did it. God wants you dead. Now you're going to a doctor to get out of the will of God. The problem is you don't believe it. If God can heal, and he will not, he is not love. So to blame him, for the problems you're having is a lie. It's a lie. So open up your altars and start praying for the sick. Ooh. You say, well, we don't have no power. We can help you with that too. Boy, it's quiet in this Baptist church. Are y'all okay? So this, this is what happened in the, what we call the charismatic movement. People begin to find out about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now, it's our doctrines that are keeping us bound. If God is running everything, then there's no reason for us to have the gifts. Now, think about this. People are going to hell, and we know it's not the will of God, right? Then why are they going to hell around us like flies, and we're unable to stop it? Jesus stopped it. Matthew stopped it. Mark stopped it. Peter stopped it. Paul stopped it. The church fell away from God. There's never been another doctrine, another book. This is the, the book of Acts is the standard for what we call church. There's not another standard. So we need to get back to this. All right, now I've already upset a few people. But it's okay, you can't get free until you get upset. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you mad. It's okay. Now the reason I'm saying that is that if you're gonna go out in the world and you're gonna start talking to people about Jesus, you're going to need Holy Spirit to help you. You need him to give you. You need to know there's nothing wrong with you having a word of knowledge over the person you're talking to. 
There's nothing wrong with you walking up to a person and saying, well, the Lord shows me you have a need and tell them what it is. And they go, oh my God, how'd you know that? And you pray for them and God meet it. I'll guarantee you they'll get saved. But you walk up to them and say, you need to come to my church and listen to my boring church and listen to our boring songs and our boring one. They got things to do other than go to a boring church. I mean, if I'm going to die and go to hell, I'm certainly not going to go to church and didn't go to hell. They got to have a reason to get up and go to church. And there has to be something in there far greater than whatever they're doing. I mean, they already are higher than you've ever been. And they're already drunker than you've ever been. If, you, if, if we come in this church and we believe in getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, because we have all come out of the world and realized that being drunk is normal. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I'm going to read. I'm going to read out of the book tonight. I'm going to read some stuff out of the book tonight. And this one is John G. Lake. John G. Lake went to Africa and started 500 churches at the turn of the century. People saved, healed, delivered, dead, raised, whole nine yards. If you want persecution, operate in the Holy Spirit. You'll catch it. Jesus did. Every minister of God, the, the church, I was talking about something a while ago, and I'm going to tell you what happened. The Pentecostal churches, and I'm talking Assembly of God and Church of God, they, they've always been the wooden church on the outskirts of town and referred to as holy rollers or ignorant hicks. But denominational churches always had brick buildings in town. And if you want to be civilized and dignified, you're going to have to give up the Holy Spirit to be able to be dignified. Now, you look around on Sunday morning when the Holy Ghost starts moving, and you watch the people that are sitting there, and they wouldn't move to save their life. At a football game, they would. If they were at a Gator game, they'd scream, scream and holler. And if you're a Gator fan, you need to scream and holler. They need all the help they can get. <laughs> are are y'all out there? Did you go home? Okay, now listen to this. John G. Lake is, is out of Africa, and he's up in Portland, and, and he has a vision, and an angel, it, he goes out at night, and an angel approaches him to answer some prayers, and um, the angel approaches him. Um, he said, I couldn't sleep, so I walked in the shadows of the trees of Mount Tabor Park, and in the dark was a footpath coming down through the trees that leads to the street where I live. And in a vision, I, I was seemingly in the street and a footpath, and he saw an angel presence walking down the street, an angel. And the angel approached him and began to answer questions about places. And he said, number one, Johannesburg, South Africa, the heart of Jesus was once gladdened here through the glory. The grace and the power of God was manifest there. But human pride, formalism, and a lack of faith have brought disappointment to the heart of him who we love. The glory will return, the tried and true. Those who have suffered and labored and prayed will be rewarded, but all self-seekers will be dethroned. What kills the move of God in a church? Pride, lack of faith, and formalism. You cannot formalize a church service with God in it. 
If you let him do what he wants to, he will mess up your church. I'm going to tell you this. I think Barbara may remember this. Sandy and Betty may. We're in a shopping center, and one morning I'm preaching. You see, Sunday morning's in here. I'm going to request you, try your best not to get into a long conversation with me after service. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm so drunk. My legs are rubber. I feel like I've been running in water up to my knees for two straight hours, and I'm wore out. The anointing is extremely heavy, and when it hits you, you feel like you're preaching with a fire hydrant in your gut. It's powerful, and you want it, but your body will take a toll. And I'll go home and crash in the bed, and about three hours later, Lisa wake me up, and I'm like, where am I? Okay. But we were in a church service, and, and someone had invited a, 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 um, a lesbian to church. I didn't know she was a lesbian. And right in the middle of the service, she starts screaming. Demons are coming out of her. Listen, you need to be in the presence. God is everywhere, but he is not manifest everywhere. If he's manifest in your church, there will be people healed. There will be people born again. There will be people coming out of darkness to light. There will be people under conviction. People will laugh. People will cry. People will get excited. And just exactly like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, exactly like when Jesus. And they told him, they said, you know, why don't you shut all these people up? He said, well, if I shut them up, the rocks will cry. You can't, you, you can't have the, if, you ha- if God shows up, your church will not look like a graveyard. But it isn't us. We're, we're not emotional. We're just here with God, and he's just doing what he wants to. So we have this lesbian back there who God is getting on, and, and demons are, she's screaming at me. And something like, I, I'll kill you or something like that, and, and I'm, I'm okay with devils wanting to kill me. It happens in Washington and everywhere that it's, Do y'all know why people cuss? They're full of the devil. Do you know why people are angry? They're full of the devil. And it's manifesting. It's getting worse. And when, it, and when they come into a church and he manifests, it looks like they foam at the mouth and they fall out. And this lady fell out in the power. And, and she about, you know, if, the demons always want to throw up. But we don't let them throw up on our carpet, do we? They don't, you don't throw up on my carpet, you stupid devil. Stop it. So I walked back and I said, I'm glad this happened so y'all could see this. You need to see this. And I reached over and I, and you need to have compassion. God loves that lady. Yes. Yes. Don't ever run out there and go, I come out, you bow. Don't, don't get mean to, de- to be full of the devil. You be mean to the devil, don't get mean to the person. Amen. So I just reached down there and grabbed her and I said, no, you stop it, foul your devil. Don't you throw up on my car, in Jesus' name. And I reached up and I just laid hands on her and I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. Now, you don't have to scream and all. The devil's not deaf. I'm a, Tanya's in here. Let me, I'm going to use you. Please. When, if Tanya steps out in the road and puts up her hands, she doesn't need to jump up and down. She just needs to put her hand up. That's, she, she can be calm. Yes, 
stop or I'll take you to jail. You know, she can be cool. She's in authority. You see, all of a popka is in a uniform. She's not, her, you know, she don't say in, in Tanya's name. She, she's not there as Tanya. She's there as the whole city is there. So when you're here, the whole kingdom of God is in you. You don't need to fight with the devil. Just look at him and say, come out and shut up in the name of Jesus. So anyway, the devil came out of the woman. And so I, I, sat, I sat her down. I said, turn around and sit her down. And I said, I want you to pray the prayer of faith. And I said, say Jesus. And she went. <laughs> See, devils can't say Jesus. And I said, okay, in the name of Jesus, I just reached up and laid hands on her. And the anointing of God just gone all over her body. And the little devil went and left. Satan can't stand in the presence of God. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. So then I got her to pray. And I saw her just boom, go from darkness to light. Born again, right in front of my eyes. And I said, okay. And I turned to people and I said, get her filled with the Holy Ghost. And they set her right there and got her filled. When I left, she's back here speaking in tongues and laughing. And, and she's a brand new creation. Say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, the thing about it is I could tell you stories like this all night long. But it's not us doing it. It's God doing it. He going all, now, I'm going to read it to you so that you'll know. Well, I'm going to read it in the Bible, and then I've got to come back to this. Look, look at here. Look right. I'm going to read this again in a minute. He came to Nazareth where he was been brought up, and he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. It was handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book, he found the place was written, The Spirit of God is on me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He's quoting Isaiah, and he's quoting a scripture about him, and he said this is why the Holy Spirit came on him. Now, if you ever want to study what a preacher looks like with the Holy Ghost on him, study Jesus. And if that bothers you, study Paul. But don't start studying somebody that did, was not used to set captives free. Everywhere Lisa and I go, I mean everywhere we go. We, what was the lady's name? Where's Lisa? I'm going to look around. She's over here. There she is over there. What's the lady's name in the store you went in and we were looking at the pictures? Michelle. We're in a store. We're looking at Hawaiian pictures and I get in a conversation with a woman and she, I'm going to send her my book. She's former Jehovah Witness. And man, was she ever interested in what Lisa and I were talking about. It's the anointing on us that, that causes people to go, I want what you have. And we didn't get a chance. To, we talked to her about the Lord, and then we left her store. And you need to understand what it's like. It's not because we're a pastor. We don't walk in and go, I'm a pastor. If you would like a sermonette, we will be here in your store for five minutes. We don't do that kind of stuff. But we wake up in the morning and pray in the Holy Ghost for about an hour or two, and then we start our day, and everywhere we go, we're ministering to people. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So we went over to Josh's kid's house, and Lisa grabs a guitar, starts playing. It's worshiping. Next thing you know, all the kids are worshiping God. And before we walked out that night, every one of them speaking in tongues. 
I mean, we just went in there and had a move of God. Well, we went for dinner. So should be all Christians. I say that with, I don't say that mean. If, if you're not being used by God on a regular basis, you need to get a whole lot more full of the Holy Ghost. Because your flesh is not going to take you where you need to go. Okay, does that, did I do okay? I said that nice. Okay, okay. And you practice at church. This is where you practice. If you can't speak in tongues here and, and have the gifts of the Spirit Sunday morning, you ain't having a Monday. It says, such is the care for God that strive in unselfishness. I discerned the heart of the angel was overburdened and answered to, and he said, human selfishness and human pride have consumed and dissipated the very glory and heavenly power that God once gave from heaven to a movement as you have beheld tonight. So the angel, during this time, I carried my Bible. Reaching for my Bible, he, the angel opened the book of Acts, ran his finger down the second page, the portion where the Spirit of God came down from heaven and proceeded through the book of Acts, and then he said, this is Pentecost as God gave it through the heart of Jesus. Strive for this. Contend for this. Teach the people to pray for this. This and this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart. This alone has the power to overcome the forces of darkness. And when the angel was departing, he said, pray, pray, pray. Teach the people to pray. Prayer and prayer alone, much prayer, persistent prayer is the door of the entrance into the heart of God. Let's talk about America right now for a second. This nation screwed up. Now don't get angry with me. Denominational Christianity is a flat failure. It is not getting the job done. Now, let's name names. Mario Murillo. How's he doing? Betty Mae, how's Mario doing? Awesome. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, how's he doing? Rodney Howard Brown, how's he doing? Why am I picking on tongue-talking, devil-chasing holy rollers? Because they're doing something. When you can go into California and get homosexuals born again, you're doing something. And when you get Democrats born again, you're doing something. I'm preaching good, y'all. I'm not trying to pick. I'm just telling you, we need to get over this, our church beliefs. If your church isn't doing what the book of Acts, then stop and just walk away and say, let's get with the beat. Let's, let's start doing something exceeding abundantly. So how, how am I doing for time? I hate that clock. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I got a story to tell you about the gifts of the Spirit and my failure, I found out why the gifts of the Spirit stopped operating in this church. And I know you're wanting to know. You understand that any time you have a move of God, it'll create persecution. Do y'all understand that? You want to be talked about, preach on the Holy Ghost, 
and money. And the devil don't like it. Now, you can, you can be in the mafia and have money and nobody cares. But you let a church. So Andrew Walmack said that he's never been persecuted in his life until he started preaching on prosperity. Why is that? Satan doesn't want you to have a dime. Because whoever runs the dough runs the world. And the church is just ignorant enough to believe it. You can be humble and just love the Lord. Well, you can love the Lord, but you ain't worth it. You just can't do squat. So in, I went through a time in, in this church where the move of God got so strong, I started getting attacked. I didn't know why, what was causing it. I began to fight with people. I'm thinking people were after me. People aren't after me. Satan's after me. We had services every Sunday, people born again filled. Every Sunday. Barbara will tell you, Betty, Sandy. Every, uh, every Sunday people were saved, filled with the Spirit to heal. Every Sunday. And yet the persecution was the greatest. I did not know what to do with it. I allowed it to, to get under my skin. And, and I'm the one that lost the anointing. Wasn't y'all's fault, it was mine. I learned this from listening to Kenneth E. Hagin, where the Lord spoke to him and said, You need to get back to where you once were. You've allowed persecution to stop you from obeying me. Now listen, listen to me. If you're a prophet, in our in denominationals, they accept evangelist and pastor. They don't believe there's apostles and prophets. And if you're a prophet, you're one very misunderstood human being. And you're strange. We have churches in Central Florida that have asked Mary Fran, never come back. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Oh, yeah. Because it bothers people for someone to walk around and know what you're doing. Well, maybe you ought not be doing it. But if you're on the board, don't shout me down. I have people that avoid me in traffic. I mean, they see me coming, they go take another. I had a lady look at me one time. She said, you scare me. I don't ever know what you're going to say. I said, I don't either. But I will tell you this, and Lisa will tell you this, it happens to us all the time now. It's very common for us to get around people and to be able to look at you and tell you what your problem is. Now, if that scares you, just repent. When Mary Friend comes, I'm going to tell you how to handle it. Just get in your bedroom and go. (laughs) Just get it all under the blood. Just get it all under the blood. I was sitting with Mary Fran one, one day in downtown Mount Dora, and I was trying to be gracious. I said, Mary Fran, I was talking to a minister the other day about the Holy Spirit, and she goes, I know Tony Cook. I said, how can I have a conversation with you with you not knowing what I'm going to talk about? She said, never. I went, well, that's unnerving. 
God's gossiping on me. You know, I'm trying to tell her, I'm trying to keep from name dropping with her, you know. I want to read this and I'm going to tell you all a story. We're going to go a little over, y'all, okay? You are right now on the verge of the greatest move and manifestation of the Spirit of God the world has ever seen. There's a prophecy by Kenneth Hagin. You're right on the edge of it. And like standing on a creek bank, you're about to jump in. And if you'll give the more earnest heed to the things you've heard and the things you've heard about faith and the things you've heard about healing and the things you've heard about the Holy Spirit, the things you've heard about angels, the things you've heard about divine visitation. For remember, it was prophesied of Joel in the old days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And on my handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. Not only will it be on the young men will prophesy, but the young women will prophesy and the anointing and the outflow of the spirit of God will be great and amazing in these days. And there will be visitations of angels. Be not afraid, but yet take heed even in these areas. For Satan himself has had at times come as an angel of light. Examine things in the light of the scripture and walk in the light of the word of God. Sometimes the angels will give you direction, even in your finances, the direction that'll save your life. In the case of the shipwreck of Paul, direction concerning ministry, the revelation, salvation of Cornelius and his house. Philip and the angel spoke to go to Gaza and the Ethiopian eunuch was converted. So in these days, there's going to come a mighty manifestation of the Spirit. And the work that God intended should be done in these last days will be accomplished. The time is short. Things must be speeded up. And you'll learn much faster spiritual things than in yesteryear. You will develop much faster and it'll be said of those that you virtually matured overnight. And they will go forth in my name because they understood the principles of faith. They understand the principles of the kingdom. They will understand the laws of God. And they will operate and minister in that area. And nothing will be hidden from them. And though some who are standing here now have operated in a measure in these areas in times past, because of these, because of these things, you let them slip. Themselves in ministry and life, you have slipped. You shall be restored. You shall be restored this night, and manifestation shall come back, and the glory of the Lord will rest upon you again. And its glory will be seen around you, and the cloud of God will come and fill your house. I'm trusting for this church. Are y'all ready for this? And it will seem as though the whole building is filled with smoke because you see the glory of God will be in manifestation and great, great will be the noise thereof and the praise and adoration shall go up from people. And it'll be noised abroad. Men from afar shall come. Men from afar shall hear it and men from afar shall behold it. And the Lord shall be in manifestation in these days in all the ways that ever manifested, both in the old covenant and the new and the multiplying of the spirit of power these days. For men will grow worse and worse and more wicked and Satan because he knows his time is short, all of the cohorts and evil spirits go out as never before to devour. So the power of God and the glory of God will be increased and it shall be multiplied. And it will flow like a mighty river. It will flow like a mighty river. Yes, the spirit of God will flow like a river. And many, not only hundreds, but thousands, millions will be swept into the flow of that river. And that shall flow, and it shall flow forth in the praise and the glory. The glory of the Lord is in manifestation. The glory of the Lord was seen on the face of the saints. The glory of God shall shine forth until men walk in a place of business and people will fall on their knees and cry out to God, though he said nothing. Women will walk into a place of business and people will fall on their knees and cry out for God, though the woman opened not her mouth. The glory of God will shine. Yes, the glory of God will shine. The glory of God will shine through you. His manifestation is power and the manifestation of his glory is reserved for this hour. 
And it could be said, told, it'd be told in a way you would see it, even with your eyes or your spirit. It could be displayed in the moment before you in a tangible form, and you could see with your physical eyes, you would be very difficult for you to believe what will come to pass in the last days. It would be very difficult for you to accept it. But as you walk in the Lord, as you prepare your heart and feed on the word, as you listen to what the Spirit says, your heart will be prepared. Your mind will be changed until you flow in the supernatural as naturally as a bird flies in the air. You will flow in the supernaturally as natural as a fish swims in water. You will flow in the supernaturally as naturally as you breathe air. You'll not be conscious of faith. You'll not be conscious of what's going on around you, but rather you'll be conscious of the flow of the Spirit of God, and He will manifest Himself and accomplish that which He desires. You see, these are the last days, and this is the end of time. What will be done must be done quickly, and it shall be done. The hearts of many will cause to rejoice, so rejoice, rejoice, be glad, and praise the Lord. Prepare your heart. Let Him prepare you for what He has prepared for you. Walk in it. You shall walk in it. You shall run. You shall fly. Literally speaking, and you will enjoy the fullness of all that has been provided for you. How many of y'all can say amen to that? Now, I got, I'm I'm out of time, but I want to tell you a story right now. I I named my sermon, if if you don't use it, you lose it. I'm going to tell you what happened to me, and then we're going to pray. Years ago, several years ago, Mary Fran was, was sitting around here. She looked at Lisa and I, and she said, I see you on motorcycles and, and, doing something. Well, she didn't know we had planned a, a, a trip to uh, Chimney Rock with um, Lynn Meek. Well, we, Lynn Meek is Kenneth Copeland's worship leader and all that. So we, we all had a bike rally, a motorcycle rally up in North Carolina. And we all rode our bike through the mountains and all that. But at night, and we would come back and have meetings. And in the afternoon, we'd have lunch and have pizza and we'd stop someplace. Well, all year... I've been asking God, what happened to the gifts of the Spirit in me? What happened to the gifts of the Spirit in me? What happened to And I'm bothered by it. I'm bothered. Well, I get up there, and I'm praying. And, and I'm, 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 I don't know whether you've ever prayed desperate, but desperate prayers are not God. It's emotion and it's flesh. But anyway, I'm desperate. And so we're in a, we're in a meeting, and Lynn Mink, gives out a tongue and I'm standing there minding my own business and he said Pastor Darrell you have the interpretation and I went no I don't I don't and it aggravated me that he would do that to me knowing that God is not using me anymore Now, I, this seemed like a minute, but it was only seconds. And I just lifted my hands and I got the interpretation. And I gave it out and boy, I was like, thank you. Well, if that wasn't bad enough, we went to lunch. During lunch, Lynn Mink stands up, gives out a tongue. And he says, Pastor Darrell, you have the interpretation again. And I'm in the back row to see if you're, if you're hiding from God, you sit in the back. So I'm in the back of the restaurant because I don't want to be bothered by anybody. But God doesn't care where you're sitting. And so Lynn, Lynn says, Pastor Morgan, you have the interpretation. And I'm going, I don't. I don't. This is not right. 
And so I just closed my eyes and lifted my hands and I got the interpretation. I thought, whoa. I said, God, don't let him do that again. And he did. Again. The next day. Finally, at the end of three times, I went, God, what are you doing? He said, son, I never took the gifts. You quit using them. I went, oh, Shondai. He said, what you don't use, you lose. He said, I'm trying to get you to get back over there and start operating in the gifts like you used to. Step out in faith. Step out in faith and start obeying the Holy Ghost. I left there with my prayers answered. I went there to get my prayer. God used him to answer my prayer. I didn't take anything from you. You've had him in you all this time. Listen to me. He's inside you. You know why I learned to prophesy? In the shower. You can mess everything up in the shower and nobody knows it. Unless you're taking a shower with somebody. So let me ask you a question. What if you give out what you think? How many of you have been in a meeting and you had something and you thought, well, that's not God, that's me. Who else would it be? Can I say something to you? Don't do this on a Sunday morning. Don't hijack the church. But on a Wednesday night and other nights when things are flowing, get in here on the first Sunday night of the month and the Holy Spirit comes on you, stand up and give, give out what the God. If you screw up, we'll know it. We'll all go, that wasn't God. But listen to me, it's, it's okay, it's okay. How are you ever going to learn anything? How are you ever going to learn anything? When you're praying for people at work, pray for a word of knowledge. Pray for the gifts of the Spirit. Pray that God will give you. Father, what should I say to that person? What should I do right here? And he may say, lay hands on them. And you start, you watch the power of God come flowing out of your arm and hit them and knock them down. You go, God Almighty. That was awesome. It'll blow your mind. I'm running, I'm way out of time. But that baby I prayed for right after I got born again, power of God came out of my belly, hit that baby and pow, out and the power went. I haven't been saved a month. I didn't even know what it was. I laid the hands on a baby and bam! Something came out of my belly and blah, 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 and the baby died. No, it fell asleep. It had, it had a what? Colic. It had colic. And it went to sleep and right in my hand. God instantly healed that baby. And I went, oh, that's cool. You don't have to be cool to be used by God. He uses uncool people. So where are the gifts? In us. In us. There's an atmosphere God works in. Church is not just for you to come hear someone preach. I teach us something new tonight. It's for you to get close to God, spend time with God. We ought to have Wednesday night services where the power of God here, and, and, and I'm, I'm way out of time. I'm just... My youth group, Melanie will tell you this is true, on Christian way, those teenagers got to the place where they were having words of knowledge, prophesying, laying hands on each other. 
and operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Every teenager in my youth group was operating the gifts of the Spirit. Boy, you want to watch a bunch of fired up kids having a word of knowledge and word of will. We've had children leave children's church and go home and prophesy to their drug addict mom. There's kids. They don't care. Can I tell you a story? One day we were in Cathwood Apartments in Athens and a little girl came up to Che. I don't know how old Che is. This is back in the 70s. And she came running in the house and said, Che, Che, my mommy's an alcoholic. And Che said, well, that's not a big problem. Let's just pray and ask Jesus to heal her. And so Che gets off her big wheel, and a little girl comes in and said, Daddy, 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 we're going to pray for her alcoholic mom. And I went, okay, Che, y'all do whatever you know. And they knelt down on the couch, and they prayed for the little girl's mama. And then they got up, and Che says, that's it. Jesus is going to do it. And they said, let's go play, and they left. That night, the alcoholic mama's laying in bed, and her daughter is laying beside her asleep. And her daughter starts praying out loud in English. Jesus, save my mother. Jesus, save my mama. Out loud. The mama's drunk. Gets up, goes in the bathroom, opens the toilet and pukes in it. And prays and asks Jesus to come in her heart. That night, two little girls praying and prophesying over their mama on a couch. And they can't be more than five or six years old. The next morning, that lady comes to me at the pool and goes, I gave my heart to Jesus last night. I said, oh, really? She said, your daughter and my daughter have been praying. I said, yes, they have for you. She said, she told me last night she started praying in her sleep for my soul. Say, God is good. He's, are y'all listening? He's got a lot of stuff he wants to do. I'm trying to quit. You're not going to get anything done without Holy Spirit. He wasn't given to you to add to the things you say you believe. He's a person. He's God. He's God. And Jesus needed him and you need him. And if you're born again, you have him. Paul Young and Cho said, the difference between tongue talkers and non you made him resident and we made him president. I've looked at people and say, well, I have the Holy Ghost. I said, start talking to tongues. They just, well, what's it for? It's the doorway to the supernatural. It is the doorway to the supernatural. And you need it. We all need it. So I'm going to pray for anybody in here that wants God to start using you a lot more. Now, here's the key. It's not about the gifts. It's about people. The gifts aren't for you. It's for them. It'll benefit you nothing to speak in tongues and have a word of knowledge. It'll benefit someone else. Father God, starting right now, and I'm praying for everybody in this room who wants this. If they want this, I'm asking them to reach up right now and to take this by faith. I want them to do what I did with Lynn Mink. I want them to say, starting now, I'm going to start using the gift of God that's on the inside of me. Father God, I thank you right now. Everybody, the sound of my voice. 
Everybody in this church, I pray this church, in Jesus' name, the people will get up out of here and go back into the workplaces and they will start operating in the same spirit that was on Jesus, on Paul, on Peter, and on, on John Mark, on, and on Smith Wigglesworth, and on Kenneth Hagin and Copeland, and everybody that's ever been used by God in Jesus' name. There are no big eyes and little youth. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Ghost. And I pray, Father God, he would use us mightily. There are people, Father God, out there right now. They need you. They need you. They need to meet someone who knows you. And I'm asking you to teach the people in this church how to stay full of the Spirit. Because, you, because it's by the Spirit. It's by the Holy Ghost. And Father, give me a chance the one night to talk about what grieves you and how, if we grieve you, how to get back. So it's simple and it's not a condemnation message it's just a good message and I'm asking you Father God to use us in a mighty way and say Heavenly Father use me in the gifts of the Spirit in Jesus name now don't walk out of here and say I have this gift you don't you have the Holy Spirit He has gifts you don't own the gifts and, and as he wills, and you have to pray. Don't, if you're making up something, if they look at you and say, that wasn't God, don't get your feelings hurt. I've had things I thought was God, and I look at people and go, I'm going to say something to you. If it isn't God, just forget it. I had a lady in here one day, and the Lord kept dealing with me to talk to her, and I walked up and I said, I'm going to say something to you, and if it isn't God, just throw it away. I said, the Lord told me to tell you that whatever you're going to do tomorrow, don't do it. You're going, that's it? She was getting a divorce. When I told her that, she got mad at me. She said, dead gummit, I'm going to divorce my husband. I said, well, the Lord said to give him a week. Before the end of the week, he was born again. Now, you understand, that's, she didn't need a sermon. She needed to hear from God. And I needed to look at her and go, I, I, if I, I can miss it. I mean, I'm a human. And you, don't look at me and tell me you never missed it. You missed it. But if you operate in the gifts of spirit and someone doesn't agree with you, just don't, don't, don't. Just leave it alone. There's always going to be a certain amount of human. In God using you, if, if, you're, if you're a Georgia boy, it's, God's going to sound Georgia. Have y'all been, been reading my Bible yet? Well, I sure do want y'all to. Thus says the Lord. All right, it's 828. I should have had y'all out here a long time ago. Did y'all enjoy this tonight? I believe that God has a mighty work for this church. I believe it. Barbara, I believe it. I want you ladies that are praying, lady, I want you to start praying over this church. I want you to start praying for people. It's time for us to be used by God. The greatest moves of God I've ever had in my life were at work with lost people. I've seen the greatest miracles. When you see a man walk up to you weeping and go, I don't know what you have, but I want it. When a man looked at me one day and said, you're glowing. I said, it's called salt, it's all dust. He said, you're glowing, and I'm a heroin addict, and I want you to come down off that ladder and lay your hands on me and pray for me and cast this heroin drug off of me. And I'm going to tell you something. When that happens at work, you, that's powerful. 
Okay, y'all get out of here. You, you get me going, we're going to have it. You'll have me another hour. Y'all have a good night. God bless all of y'all. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.